everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are operating on a skeleton crew today because it is, what, like 86 outside in Seattle? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. It's magnificent weather. I went out for lunch today, and I was uh, disappointed that we drove. Oh. I wanted to walk, yeah. but I didn't realize until after. I was like, ah, we should have walked. We totally should have walked. It's so nice out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so with you, you've got Rohit Rohila and... Uh, and your co-host, Kyle Reed. So I'm going to hand off to Kyle because this was a, a topic that he brought up and let's uh let's hear what you've got to say buddy boom we're gonna do it we're gonna do it so this episode came from uh an idea that I got after watching a movie with uh with Emily we were we were just taking a look at some stuff on Netflix I was actually watching um a cooking show called the chef show and it was a show with John Favreau and a famous food truck chef um, Roy, Roy, I don't remember his last name. Anyway, Roy something or other, food truck chef. And they did the show based on this movie called The Chef, that, or Chef, that stars John Favreau, John Leguizamo, and a few other folks. And when I watched it one night, phenomenal movie. Uh, we really enjoyed it. And something stuck with me. While John Favreau, the character, is walking through the French Quarter with his son in New Orleans as they're traveling across country from Miami back to California. And his son has never had a beignet before. And they get him at Cafe Dumont, famous beignet spot in New Orleans. And as they're walking down, his son's scarfing this beignet down, and John looks at his son and he goes, Hey, slow down there. You're never going to have your first beignet again. And I was like, Whoa, wait, what? what? I, I rewound it. I wanted to hear that again. Because it sounds so simple, but it, you could tell that it really meant something. So this man is a chef. His passion is food. And his kid began to help him in this. Spoiler alert. His kid, the movie's three years old now, so it is what it is. His kid started helping him um, on his food journey and his food truck and, and things of that nature. So he developed a passion for it again as well. So he wanted to really let him know, you know, hey... This is special. You're not going to want to forget this. Slow down. Take it in. Take a whiff of the atmosphere. Look around. Bite into that beignet. And really enjoy it. And that really just kind of spurned something in me. And made me realize that I don't think we do enjoy moments as much as we should. Especially something that's the first time that you do something. So I said, hey man, that's a good podcast episode. Why would what would not be fun about discussing the first time you ever enjoyed something and maybe what you could do to enjoy something like that better or what you wish you would have done? Or if you think, you know, hey, this was fantastic. It went exactly the way I could have ever hoped it for for it to go. And I loved it. Yeah. So with that being said, Rohit, I think I'll, I'll ask you, what is maybe a memorable moment or time for you the first time that you experienced something anything um an imax movie a particular food uh first date you know in any kind of experience in life 
Yeah. What, do you have anything that comes to mind? I'll always remember the first time I shot up some heroin. Oh, man. Just, Intense. Did just you vomit afterwards? Because I sure did. <laughs> Holy shit. No, it, it, so there, there is one moment that, that I'll remember, and it was my first baseball game. Okay. And so went into the kingdom, old kingdom, mm-hmm. and uh, for those who had never been to the kingdom, uh, it's in Seattle. It, it looked like a factory. It was just gray. Industrial. Yeah. Concrete, like this big. Dude, we got to get some pictures of it. Right, yeah. And so I... I I go there with my dad, and um, so we were walking around the outside of the actual building to get to the the floor that we're at. And again, it's all gray. So then you step inside, and just again, just more gray hallways, just really dark and stuff like that. And then we find where our tickets are, and I remember turning around, and from all this gray you see this tunnel where it's all green. And as I'm walking out, here's the, the the stadium. It just opens up in front of you. And there's the baseball field. And there's all the different things that I recognize, like like the blue wall where, where Jay Buhner plays. And, and there's Griffey like in center and all this kind of stuff. And I'll always remember that moment because it was just like a horrible experience until you walk through and then there's this game that I love and I remember that because it's something that I can look back at now and really have a fond memory of like stadiums these days like Safeco Field mm-hmm. or, sorry, uh, T-Mobile, T-Mobile Park, Park. Uh, T-Mobile Park is is not like that like as soon as you're in you can see everything I mean it's it's a beautiful building but it doesn't have that closed corridor type of feeling no um, the way that the way that the kingdom had these concourses like around the edge of everything you couldn't see anything it was just an aisleway yeah with food courts and bathrooms and i've been to a, a few other stadiums you know wrigley uh at&t and in, in san francisco and things like that 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 have that old type of feel um but that is is a moment that i always remember Oh. And, and how, what about you? Like, how you, old were you? Hold on. Uh, oof. Like, I want. I'm, do you like? I estimate. Do you even remember? I don't. Um, it had to have been. I I really don't remember. I'm I'm guessing middle schoolish. Time frame. Hmm. Yeah, that I don't remember. Yeah, that's still awesome though. But you remember the important things. Yeah. So those are the things that you remember walking through the hallway, not seeing anything, wondering like, what is going on? What is this place? Yeah. And then you see all these things you recognize from TV. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. I like it. Um, Man, I've got a couple, some small things, some big things. Um, One that, you know, it's, I think it seems to be a common theme is uh, running with me, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say... My fir- my first ever marathon obviously was pretty huge. Um, there was a, a lot of things leading up to it that I had to do, so I you know prepared quite a bit. But actually doing it and being in the moment, I would say the amount of support that I got was just phenomenal. It's probably 
10 or 12 close friends. Um, my dad, brother, sister, uh, sister-in-law now uh, as well. We're all there also. And the experience itself. I, I stayed at my brother's house the night before. Um, him and him and his now wife were out at dinner. I just stayed there. I had like pasta. I chilled in the morning for breakfast. I had a little bit of pasta noodles and eggs. Yeah. I walked from his house to where the race started at downtown Seattle. And just being in a race that big in those corrals, 30,000 runners. Jeez. Uh, with a different color bib than most of the runners because everyone's running a half and not as many people are running a full. And I'm thinking like, oh man, like. And did this race have a name? The Rock and Roll Seattle. Okay. Yeah, Rock and Roll Seattle Marathon and Half Marathon. Um, so I had, uh, I almost had like a little bit of doubt and insecurity in myself that, hey, I have this full marathon bib. Are people looking at me like, he's really running the full? Or are people looking at me like, wow, he's running the full? Yeah. Right? I questioned how people viewed me. Why was I worried about it? Right? It was new to me. It was a new experience. I had some insecurities about it. And I had some doubts myself if I could even finish it. Because I'd never run that far before. But doing the race, I remember so many little things throughout it. I remember where Blue Run to Remember is um, is a, a program where people wear blue to support veterans that have made the ultimate sacrifice. And there's this mile along um, a park, along this lake, and there's pictures of everyone, of all these fallen soldiers. Oh. And there's people that support um, along here. And there's waving flags, clapping. And it was just a super emotional area and part of the race because you felt people that were doing this for lost loved ones and things like that and, and came out to support. So that was really, really huge. Um, and then two of the most memorable moments for me were that was huge. Another one was part of the race went over the I-90 bridge and back. Mm -hmm. So pretty much Mercer Island and back to Seattle. And you're at mile like 22, 23 or something like that-ish. As I'm crossing over the bridge. And it's super hot that day. You're on I-90. There's like, there's no shade anywhere. Yeah. It's like you're in the middle of the lake. Yeah. Right? Running across a bridge goes over this big-ass lake. Um, I see my brother and his wife and my dad on their bikes. They rode their bikes over there to get to the edge of the bridge to cheer me on as I start before you go back in the tunnel. Um, so that was like a huge spark of energy that I was like went through the tunnel strong and then of course struggled again a little bit more. But then towards the end, I didn't expect to see them before the finish. I figured I'd see them afterwards. Um, but I'm rounding the corner and I'm running as strong as I can. Not very fast at this point, right? But it's everything I got left in the tank. Running on fumes. Running on fumes, leaving it all out there. And I turn left around this corner to come back in towards Seattle Center where the finish line was probably a couple hundred yards away. I see my dad and my brother and they're trying to get a picture. So my brother's like running with a camera in his hand. My dad's kind of like running with me to get a picture. And um, they both just jump over the rope yeah. and run with me. And uh, I, just at that moment, I was just overcome with joy and emotion. I was like, I'm really about to do this. I'm about to finish. My dad and my brother are right here by my side. Like, what could be better? This is phenomenal. And then I, I look over and I see Emily on the other side over this big metal railing that's probably just as tall as she is. She's super <laughs> short. She's like 5'1", 5'2", on a good day. Um, 
she sees that my dad and my brother are running with me. So she looks back and forth and jumps over this railing and starts running right next to me as well and cheering me on as I finish. And that was probably uh, one of the most amazing feelings that I can remember in a long time. The support that I had, um, the feeling of satisfaction that I was able to complete a pretty huge goal that I wanted to complete. Um, and just to have those people there. The other ones that I did, I don't know. I, I've done a couple that I could tell you, I guess, like certain areas that were cool and it was fun, but it was painful and frustrating. But that very first race, man, that very first full marathon, um, I'll never forget it. I'll never forget the feeling I had when I crossed the finish line. I'll never forget the feeling I had running through the Blue Mile. I'll never forget the feeling I had going over I-90 Bridge and then seeing my brother and my dad and them. I'll never forget the feeling I had at the park when we came through. It was probably like mile 10. I felt fine, feeling strong, running good. Um, but just to see Emily and Marla and Chris and Sam with signs waving and shit, you know, because there's so many roads blocked off. It's really hard to get to these places. So to see the commitment that they had to get there to support us, mm -hmm. it was just... It was huge, man. I'll never, ever forget that. It's phenomenal. Yeah. One of the things that, that I really like is, and we, we talk a lot about what this podcast has meant for other people, mm -hmm. you know, our, our listeners that, that that we get feedback from, that sometimes I, I think we maybe forget what it means to us. And hearing you talk about that just reminded me, like, because we've been doing this for three and a half years, we have a heightened sense, I believe now, of living in the moment, mm. of an appreciation of let's try to remember as many of the of these details because we recognize that this is a highlight in our life. Yeah. Whereas before, it would have just been, oh, yeah, you know, I, I did it, and it was cool having everyone there. Now, when, when you are feeling down and maybe a, a little alone, you can relive that moment now because you paid so much attention to it mm -hmm. and know that that you are loved and bring you right back to that place at any time. Yeah. Which I think is is a cool side effect of, of being a part of this. That's huge. And, and you say that too because I those exact moments down and alone, right, those two of those things along with many others are some of the feelings I felt during that race before running into it people that were there to support right it gets hard you get down there you're out there running four plus hours yeah. you get down on yourself this is tough i'm out here by myself why am i doing this i can't do this what am i what am i thinking and then all of a sudden you see people there that believe that you can do it more than you believe in yourself at that moment yeah. and then it just changes everything switches and then you begin to believe in yourself again yeah it's huge one of the one of the experiences I had recently in in terms of remembering my first beignet, which I've never had, by the way. Um, never? Never. Oh, man, okay. I'd never even heard of a beignet until uh, the show Impractical Jokers. Seriously? Yeah, they do this little bit um, centered around a beignet, and I was like, I don't know what that is. So it wasn't until you brought this up and explained what a beignet is that I was like, wow, that sounds pretty good. Oh, yeah, they're delicious. Um, so the other day, I had some, I think some paste picante sauce, you know, like like a salsa, mm -hmm. random chips, salsa, whatever. Right? Yeah. 
and I'm and I'm eating it with my with my chips, you know. And I got I think it was like a medium, and I'm not feeling any heat, mm. anything like that. I'm just I'm just eating them for the sake of eating them. And then I realize like I'm eating them just for the sake of eating them. Oh. And so I took in some water, cleansed my palate a bit, and then closed my eyes and took another chip with with a good amount of sauce on it. And I concentrated on it. Now all of a sudden I could I could taste the heat. I could I could taste the tomatoes and, and the onions and the bell peppers and and what's interesting is I think about expensive stuff all the time. I had a uh, a friend of mine bought me like like a chocolate that was like I think fifteen dollars for just like a little a little piece, right? Oh, wow. Like a like a really expensive one. And at the moment I ate it and I was like, in my head, I was like, it's pretty good. I, I didn't really think anything of it, you know? Yeah. But because I knew the price of it, it was it was more expensive. Um, because I knew it was more expensive, maybe the flavors were heightened a bit more than I normally would have experienced. So... For example, like pizza. You mm-hmm. go get pizza all the time. Yeah. And you're hungry and you just eat it and you don't really think about anything. But then you go to like a fancy pizza place, maybe one that you see on TV, and they're like, wow, this is so good. You can taste the tomatoes and, and the cheese is really stretchy. And and what they're doing is when they taste stuff. Cueing you up. They're they're setting you up to to appreciate the intricacies of the flavors. And not just eat it for the sake of eating it. And because of that, I try to do that more now and, and try to make things more of an experience, especially when it comes to my first bite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but... I do. I'll, when I'll, you eat, I like to... This is going to sound <laughs> awkward, but I like to watch you eat. <laughs> Whenever we go to lunch or dinner or whatever, Yeah, I, I just enjoy watching you eat because you look like you're thinking about it. Yeah, which is why it's funny because a lot of people are like, oh, do you like it? And I'm like, let me think. You wait. You wait and you chew on it and you're like, you'll take another bite. And you're always like looking up to the sky, kind of tilt your head a little bit like a dog that's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I think we don't take the time to appreciate things. No. Like the first beignet. Yeah. You know, to, to the sun in, in this movie. It was probably just, oh, here's a pastry that I'm eating. Yeah, here's like a donut type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And not really thinking anything twice about it. And it's it's not until we think about what we're doing. Because I think there's a, there's a problem in that when we're bored, we eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or the other thing is when we're in social atmospheres, we eat. Mm-hmm. We did a challenge a long time ago when you have to go to... A dinner by yourself. Oh right? yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I forgot where Pomodoro. you went. Pomodoro. Oh, that's that Korean barbecue. No, 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 no. It's a Italian restaurant in Proctor. I think was it called Pomodoro? I think it's called Pomodoro. I gotta look it up. I can't remember, but it, it was phenomenal. Had you been there before? Yes. So, how was the experience of going there alone compared to when you go with other people? Strictly on food. Light years, light years away, because. You're there with yourself and your thoughts, right? Because another part of the challenge, right, was to not use your phone or anything like that. Can't even bring it in. Left mm-hmm. it in the car. So every sense is heightened. 
right? And even though I don't have cues, like you say, like with a commercial, you know, this cheese looks so gooey and this marinara is so tangy and delicious, right, with a piece of pizza, I didn't have those, those mental cues. I had less distractions myself. So I was able to focus more of my senses on what I was doing and what I was eating. So I found that I critiqued it a little bit more, mm-hmm. but I also enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I would say that that's part of that experience. I didn't expect to get out of it that I really was like, holy cow, this is crazy. Um, and you saying that too with the food thing reminds me another part that brought this episode to mind, the food thing. One of the things they make is a Cuban sandwich and we had never had one after watching this movie. All she wanted was a Cuban sandwich, obsessing about it. Yeah. So a couple days later, we went to this place in Parkland, I guess, called Carne Aquí. And they had a Cuban. She got a Cuban there. She didn't really like it at first. She wasn't sure about it. And she was like, well, it tastes like mustard. And I'm like, well, that's what it's supposed to taste like. It's, Cubans have mustard on them. You know, it's vinegar. Let's break down the meat and everything else and blah, blah, blah. And that's the flavor profile they're going for. So once she knew what she was supposed to expect, she had leftovers the next day, she was raving about it. She's like, oh my God, that Cuban was so bomb. (laughs) Like the leftovers the next day at work that she had the other half of the sandwich, loved it, phenomenal. But the first one, she was a bit hesitant because I think she let her expectations get in the way. Mm -hmm. And she expected it to maybe be more of like a smoky barbecue, earthy type flavor and less of a vinegary, tangy flavor. So that, I think, goes into a lot of it, is expectations. Yeah. Right? I didn't expect for my food to taste better when I went on that challenge. Mm-hmm. But it did. Yeah. I didn't have any expectation. Well, I, I had expectations, but not at all to do with the food. Just the overall social experience in battling uh, feeling awkward or insecurities, right, of the person that goes to dinner by themselves is a loner, right? It's this construct that I've created, that society's created in me, that I believe that. So that when I'm that person, that's what I believe. That was my expectation. But the food ended up being way better than anticipated. It's the same damn food. It's the same chef. They make it the same. <laughs> Every time, it's always delicious. Yeah. But by myself, it was 10x, man. I think with with food, it's it's one thing, but but I think it can be duplicated to so many other facets of our life. Doing something just to do it, versus doing something to experience it. Oh yeah. And I don't think we do things to experience things anymore. We just do them to to do them to maybe cross off your bucket list or yeah. I'm hungry so I'm eating. Instead of maybe appreciating the intricacies of the flavor palette yeah. or you know a, a lot of times it, oh a great example is is Gummel mm-hmm. he told me one time he loves hanging out with me because he always does things that are so unexpected like one time we're hanging out and he's like oh what are we gonna do I was like I don't know let's go to a nursery and he's random. like random what like for you not random yeah you know but like but- when do two guys get together and go to like a plant nursery? Never. Or another time I was like, oh, let's go to the library and, and read kids' books. 
So we did that. One time we went to uh, Michael's and got crafts. You love that place. Yeah. We came home, watched the Seahawks game while making crafts. Seriously? Yeah. Too funny. And so, you know, it, a lot of times it's it's doing things that you wouldn't normally do because there's a, a certain – maybe it's, it's a comfort thing. Um, so, for example, I had surgery recently, mm-hmm. and my sister stayed with me. And one of the things that, that I had her do was color. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, here's some crayons, here's some colored pencils, and here's my, you know, I've got a good stack of coloring books. And I don't, I'm not talking about adult coloring books. I'm talking about SpongeBob, Looney Tunes, all that fun stuff. She had an absolute blast. Yeah. My cousin comes over for a visit, and she's like, are you guys really coloring? My sister's like, yeah. And then she starts coloring. That's awesome. And I think sometimes we need permission from people to just be able to experience things. Hmm. You know, another example that I can think of is one time a whole bunch of us went to lunch. It was like myself, you, Sam, Ruben, uh, DG. I think there was like a whole bunch of us. When we were all working together? Yeah. And I was the only one who wasn't on my phone. And, And I took a picture and all of you guys are just, you know, on your phone. You're kind of talking to each other, but, you know, just on your Waiting phone. Waiting for food. Yeah. And I was just there enjoying the moment and enjoying this time with my with my, with my my fellows, you know, and, and stuff like that. And you so thought you were. I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes we, we try to fill in time instead of living in the moment. Kill time. Why do you think that is? It's a good question. It's a good question. It's it's a terrible thing to do when you really think about it, right? What are you doing? Killing time. Why the fuck are you killing time? Do you know how much time you have? No. You have no fucking clue. Yeah. You could die tomorrow. Why are you doing something with your time that you wouldn't want done to yourself? I don't know why we do it. I think it's a deeper, darker question. <laughs> it should be explored for an entire another episode. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it's it's something that I think we all do it. I fall victim to it all the time, even though I hate the idea of it. It's like, God damn it, why are we killing time? should use this time productively. So, I don't know, man. It's a good question. Our listeners should ask themselves that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think when you, when you talk about living in the moment, that's what that quote's all about. You're never going to have your first... Beignet again. It's, Never. It's live in the moment. Never again. Emily and I just went to um, Ocean Shores last weekend. Mm. Uh, I've been there, I don't know, 10, 12 times, maybe a little more. I don't, I don't know. Just over the course of my life. Emily's only been there twice. I took her once. Um, it's actually for Valentine's Day. We went and we just got like a little, it was it was a cabin, I guess, but it was like the size of a bedroom. It was tiny. Super cool, super cute. We had a good time, but it was off season. Not much to do. We went this past weekend right after um, the race I had Saturday morning. We drove pretty much like an hour or two after that race. And um, we just chilled on the beach. We went and got mopeds. First time she'd ever rode a med- moped in her life. Because uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, if you're not comfortable, we'll get one and you can sit on the back. And then she saw this place had pink ones. And she's like, oh, I want to get one. <laughs> I'm like, all right, hell yeah, we're doing this. Um, so she killed it. She loved it. She had a blast. She's like, I was terrified. I was like, but you're doing so good. And I'm like, you know, it's okay to be scared. It's fine. 
you're doing good. And she really enjoyed it, right? So she did something she was terrified of and really, truly enjoyed it. Took the moment in. Now, one thing that happened to me that really, it bothered me a little bit inside, but I understand it. Um, we were stopped for a minute on the beach and I was like, hey, you know, what do you want to do? You want to go down? You want to go this way? You know, hey, when you do this, do that. Or, you know, stay stay over here because this gets sand gets soft over here and it's hard to hard to go this and that right and she's like okay she's like hey put this on the snap so she wanted me to take like a video of her i was like okay cool so i got out my phone and i was like all right start moving a little bit and then when i tell you go go so i'm barely moving and i'm using my phone with the right hand not using the throttle but it's going and i'm like take off so i start recording her and i go to save it or whatever and this guy's watching me do it he's got his dog there and i'm barely moving on this moped trying to fumble with my phone and he's like man you got all this and you're on that thing and I was like I was just you know my mouth kind of dropped a little bit I didn't have nothing to say and I just kind of like laughed I was like yeah yeah you know yeah and I was like I get it and I was we were truly enjoying the moment and Emily wanted me to take a quick picture or video over because it's her first time she wants to document it I think it's great right I'm all about it and the perception was something else, right? The perception was because so many people don't enjoy the moment and are on their phones or whatever it is yeah. that he assumed it was the same exact thing. And I was kind of like a little hurt by it. I was like, oh man, because I was really enjoying everything about it. Wasn't touching the phone, nothing. We barbecued on the beach, sat in beach chairs next to the car on the beach and just sat there, listened to music, Drank a beer, fell asleep on the beach. I got one side of my face is darker than the other. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> um, but that was a run-in I had with the other side of that, right? Yeah. And it, um, yeah, it stuck with me. Obviously, I'm talking about it right now. So, well, it's true. I mean, you, you take a look at social media and just the impact that that has. You know, oh, it's yeah. no longer let me let me enjoy my first beignet it's let me tell the world I'm how much i'm enjoying my first beignet, beignet. <laughs> you know and i i don't know why we do that uh, sorry there's there's one thing that, that i want to start changing in my vocabulary and it's something that i do you know i hold other people accountable to in seminar and that's instead of saying like more general terms i'm just gonna say me you know, so instead of saying, I don't know why we do that, I'm going to say, I don't know why I do that, and then own up to it. But on Instagram, I'm not posting stuff every day. But sometimes when I have an experience of a day, like for example, uh, tomorrow is going to be an experience of a day. We're going to Everett, going to Funko Pop, going to do some other stuff. That's something that, that I want to capture and, and share. Mm-hmm. Because it helps me identify moments of living life. I take tons of pictures. I uh, right now have well over 50,000 pictures I've taken in my Holy life. Oh, shit. And I know that because there's this new uh, service that, that I'm thinking about doing. It said uh, for free, it's up to 25,000. They're like, the majority of you are going to fit into this. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll create my free account. And I started moving stuff over and it said, you have 50,000. So I was oh. like, oh, okay. Um, Damn. 
But a perfect example was today. I was talking to one of my friends, uh, Jesse, from school that, that I went to college with, and she was like, uh, "Yeah, I didn't really take too many pictures of me when when I was a little bit younger." I was like, "Oh, here you go," and I just started shooting off a whole bunch to her. And she's like, "You know, I always used to be so annoyed with you when you would take pictures, but now, like looking back, like I'm so thankful you did." And and here's the reason why I take pictures. And, and a lot of people make fun of me because I, I don't post them on social media. Because that's not why I, I take pictures. Not to Maybe I'll do a group shot. I'll do that on, on social media. But I do it so for a couple of reasons. One, so I can remember that moment. And then two, so I can reflect on it. Because there's so many times when I'll send pictures to people. And I'm like, oh, remember this? And they're like, wow, I, I do. I haven't thought about this in years. It's not that they remember it. They just had a reminder. They forgot about it. Mm -hmm. I didn't because I've got all these pictures, you know, going through and and documenting like middle school and high school and elementary school and and college and my days at Microsoft and zones and and all this other stuff. You know, I mean, I, my cousin said something once that was really deep and he was like, someday Someone's going to take all your memories, hit control A, delete. Damn. Because it's it's worthless to them. You know, whoever gets your computer or whoever, yeah. when you die, who needs your online pictures and all that kind of stuff? You Trading know? your phone. Or... And that really got me thinking. And I don't want whoever makes that decision. I want them to be like, wow, that guy really lived. He he was always surrounded by amazing friends, always making moments and capturing those moments because they were important to him. And I think that's what enjoying your first beignet is all about is and and maybe a little bit about what this podcast has meant to us because it's taught us how to live in the moment, how to how to enjoy things. When that guy made that comment to you, had you not done this podcast, maybe you would have been angry at him or, or upset with him. But now you can see where he's coming from. 100%. You know, and I, and I think that's where, where the magic comes from of living in the moment. Yeah. But so few people do live in the moment or learn to appreciate the moment. Until it's gone. Really take it in. Soak it in. And that's what it's about. It's experience, live. There's so many, so many things out here to see and do, feel. It's good. I love it. Well, Kyle. Man, with that said. How about one of your famous colleagues, Two Minute Takeaways? Two Minute Takeaways? Oh, dang. Watch out now. This is my favorite part. Yeah. Because that means we're done? That that means we're done. (laughs) (laughs) So, appreciate y'all tuning in again this week to the GYSD podcast. This week's episode was all about living in the moment, paying attention to the things that you experience in life. And this is an ode to a quote from the movie The Chef, a quote by my man John Favreau's character. Slow down a little bit and enjoy that. You're never going to get your first beignet again. Aligns with Stop and Smell the Roses and so many other things that we say to really remind us to live in the moment. 
but we still continually forget. So hopefully this is a little bit of a reminder for our listeners, for myself, for Rohit, to continue to do so. Enjoy those moments. Savor them. Share them with the people that you love. And just keep living. Just keep living. So, GYSTers, thank y'all for tuning in this week. <laughs> we appreciate you. And go check us out next week for another favorite episode. Another episode of your favorite podcast, the GYST Podcast. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 